0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. And on today's episode, Dimitri and I are joined by AJ Iquinta from the Knights of the Apex. Man, AJ's back on for round two, where he shares his story of his New York uh, Black Bear, his current bow and arrow setup, how he tries to take care of the little things to build success. We also dive deeper into gear, his whitetail season that he's pretty much wrapping up right now uh, and much, much more. And be sure to check out what he has going on over on his social media platforms because his Instagram is awesome with the images that he posts. He also creates good content on YouTube. Uh, where he talks about just you know bow setups and um you know how to take better pictures uh just with your iphone so just awesome dude love having him on just down to earth and uh just uh wrapped up a very successful new york whitetail trip as well so uh congrats on that aj so thank you uh for coming on dude and uh thank you everybody for all your continued support just a really quick update uh we're grinding right now it is november uh 10th as i record this so this will air tomorrow on the 11th and uh hopefully all of you are out going to be chasing during the rut haven't had the chance to really target a big buck and and uh hopefully we could get something going here soon so thank you so much for your support best of luck to you all enjoy this episode check out our partners over at antlerupoutdoors.com and uh until next time antler up We are, uh, we're back. We're live. Uh, we got another, uh, repeat guest just because, uh, we love them so much to have them on. (laughs) We got AJ Iaquinta from Coda Archery, man, dude, what's happening.
1: How's it going guys? Happy to be back on. It was a great talk last time.
0: Oh, for sure, man. We have a lot to talk about. I know you, uh, from last, you know, last time that we talked over was it the end of the summer. You said about switching up a little bit of your your setup, and you got a, a bear on the ground already, and all kinds of fun stuff.
1: For sure, yeah i uh, i changed up uh, I changed up a whole bunch of things for this year. Um, just decided, you know, last year was was really rough for me. I went the whole season. I didn't get squat all last year. Um, had some opportunities that I just wasn't able to capitalize on, made a couple of bad shots on, uh, on deer, just hit them high, um, started suffering from target panic. You know, it just settled in real bad. And it was very frustrating because leading up to the season, like I was feeling so confident, like smoked the two total archery challenges that I did. My setup felt great. Um, and then, you know, when a live animal would get in front of me, I felt like the, the wheels would just come off. So um this season I, I really you know right after last season ended right up till now and, and continuing through i just i really just invested in i went to a back tension release i'm shooting the the knock-on uh silverback um i changed up my setups I, I listened to a couple of target guys hano from uh, quattro archery um he, they make stabilizers they're out of south africa um he talked me into a, a front and back bar setup which was something different for me um, but i found that it's just helped me hold a little, st- uh, steadier for sure. Um, just, and then everything else was just little things like pack design, just fine tuning. Um, you know, some of the the setups on my bow playing with different arrow setups and just going with what was actually what I felt confident was going to hit where, where I aimed. Yeah. Um, which is really like, that's what, like the whole page I try and like get through it through the pages. Like what everybody goes into the woods with slightly different setups and this is such a mental game, whatever is going to give you the most confidence once you get into like those, you know, those, those higher end things. And even a lot of the mid price point, uh, whether you're talking bows, packs, whatever, they're going to be fine. It's just finding the combination that's right for you. And so far, yeah, this season has been great. Took some small game over the summer just to stay sharp. But, uh, opening day bear in New York. Um, you know, I I was able to put one down and, uh, you know, nothing making uh, Pope and young or anything, but he was, uh, a cool little bear, and uh, I really I owe all the credit to uh, to my dad because he did all the scouting leading up to that. Um, you know, he really put in a ton of time developing this little area and just really getting everything on uh, on our family's property uh, kind of mapped out. And uh, and you know, it was just me to be the monkey behind the the bow and send an the <laughs> arrow at that point. Um, but yeah, first thing uh, opening morning, you know, we snuck into the we we had been getting. So there, this is a completely unsubstantiated urban myth, but our, our little piece of private land backs up to some public land. And the 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 urban myth is that all the New Jersey and PA problem bears get released onto this property. <laughs> there's there's no evidence to substantiate this, right? But that's the... <laughs> that that's what everyone says. The, yeah. the the last 10 years we've had just a crazy explosion of black bears We usually you'd see maybe one every other year. And the last couple of years, like we've just had probably six or seven different bears just regularly on camera, just walking the old logging roads that, uh, that pass through uh, our property. And, uh, so yeah, we, we knew that, you know, if we got in early enough, we just sat all day, something was going to roll through. And, Sure enough, first, not even first light, I'm in the stand and I'm closing my eyes just to get a little little rest before, you know, it's uh legal shooting light. And I swear I could hear crunching and breathing. And I'm like, but when, when you're in the woods, right, you always, everything's a bear, right? Yeah. When you see shadows, like everything's a bear, everything's a buck. Um, So I'm like, I'm imagining this thing. And then sure enough, like I start seeing this, this black like blob off in the distance, and, uh, and I'm like, that must've been a tree that fell down, right? Like it's the roots or whatever. Uh, and then as it's getting more light, I'm like, this thing's moving. So I'm like, get, get out of here. The thing's coming. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I just, I had enough time to just kind of like talk myself down ease through my shooting process and just get myself into a state where, um, where like my mentality was this thing's going to die. Like in, in the past, it was kind of like, uh, I I hope I don't mess this up. My mentality this year is like I have missed a lot of opportunities last year because it was almost like I was hunting that perfect shot more than I was hunting the animal. And I missed just too many opportunities that way. So this year I decided, you know, I'm going to roll the dice a little more. I'm going to play it a little bit more aggressive. Uh, and you know, as soon as it was legal shooting light, I could make out his silhouette clearly. I knew he was, he was quartered just slightly away from me. 30 yards should be a chip shot. You know, my, my peep where I was in my stand was still a little blurry. Um, but I, my anchor point felt solid. I wasn't shaky. My hands were nice and relaxed. Um, and, uh, I just, I broke that shot, hit him. He spun around, barreled down the mountain. Um, I ended up, uh, hitting him high when we recovered him, I found that the, the hit was high and the blood trail, uh, was, was really weird. So we heard him crash down the mountain. When, when I hit him, he roared. My dad could hear me. He was set up maybe 500 yards uh, away and he could hear the thing let out the roar when I hit him and we could hear him crash down the mountain. And, uh, we recovered about half my arrow. I didn't get great penetration, which I thought was weird. Um, I was running the, the brand new sever 2.0s. Uh, the 125 grains, and uh, the Easton Bowhunter 6'5", so my total arrow weight was, I was on that edge of that light side, shooting 70 pounds, so it was a 440 grain arrow, so I knew like those marginal shots, I might be playing with danger, right, right. but like if I if I put the shot where it should be, no problem on, on anything I'm hunting anyway, um, so I was like, that's weird, like I wonder if I, I hit him in the shoulder. Um it when I saw him go down the, the the hill, right? I thought like he it looked like he was kind of dragging his back leg a little bit, but not like I spinal tapped him, right? Um so we were tracking him, he was dragging a lot of leaves behind him. Anytime he would pass a tree, it was like that thing got painted with a paintbrush, right? right. It's like somebody hit that. But the the height was kind of weird. There wasn't a lot of blood except when he would hit those trees, and he was going for a while. And, and we lost the blood trail. Uh, and it just, just disappeared. Like somebody picked them up and moved them off the mountain. And, uh, we started circling and just grid searching and circling. And then finally I found a a pile of crap that was so fresh, just in, in the tall grass leading right into some thick stuff that I would have never thought this thing would have tried to go through. Yeah. And, uh, and there was just a drop of blood right next to that. And then from there we were able to find more blood, more blood. We found it about in total it's probably 500 yards down the mountain in a little creek bed. Uh, and uh, and recovered them and it was that it was it actually made the whole thing like even more worth it but I ended up the only thing I could think of is I Being that my peep was blurry I must have fallen out of it a little bit and hit high because it was a quartering away shot I was angled down and where my my broad head hit um, It hit right where the ribs meet the spine and then just barely got into that cavity. So it hit, I mean, that's the second densest part you could hit after the shoulder. Yeah. Um, so that explained the, the bad penetration, but we were talking back and forth, like, you know, broad head selection and arrow setup. And I, I think my arrow setup was a little light for a bad shot, but it was totally just, I didn't make the ideal shot. But I think that when I pulled that arrow out, that head was in that lock and pivot mode. Like the blades were locked it was pivoted. So the, the one blade was, was collapsed. The other one was pointing straight down and I hit that artery running the length of the spine and it left a big freaking hole. And without that hole, with all that hair and fat that that bear had on him, I think, uh, I don't know if I would have recovered him, even if I had gotten a pass through just where I had hit him. Yeah. It, it was, uh, it was definitely an interesting hit. It's one of those ones that like we were debating for literally like we still talk about it now. It's been a, almost a month later. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I posted a picture saying, you know, bad shot, but a uh, but big hole. And I really think uh, that head probably saved me on that shot.
2: That's crazy. Heck of a story, you know, and I think target panic is something that doesn't get brought up a lot or even enough, you know, and, and not enough instruction of how we fight through that. You know, there's some videos out there that, that kind of educate you. But, you know, when you're in that moment of, of that shot, you know, you really got to pull yourself back in, you know, cause a lot of times what happens is we just go through the motions and, you know, you get caught up in, you know, trying to, where's my shot or, you know, got to stop them. And, and we kind of lose what we've kind of been practicing all summer long. You know, when you're sitting at a target, it's not moving, you know, so you're working on, on your draw and your anchor and, you know, squeezing that trigger if you're not punching it. Uh, And, you know, what happens is when we get out in the field, we kind of lose all that, you know, and I, I think that's not brought up enough of what we need to do, Um, I was listening to another podcast one time and the the guy says, really come back into the moment. You know, he was using, and Jeremy and I talk about this Mm -hmm. all the time is as using phrases of whatever it is when, you know, first when you draw and then once you anchor and you're about to release the arrow is, is almost, you know, have another phrase that comes into play, um, that just brings your 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 mind back into aiming at that target you know because again like i said we go through the motions and we just kind of uh take it for granted that we're doing the right thing but if you pull yourself back in because it happens so fast then you can kind of refocus that brain and concentrate on that shot. That's why, you know, you're, you're making sure you're not losing your peep or you're punching the trigger. And I think, you know, that's something that needs brought up and, and a lot of people need to focus on that just because that's an issue for everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dimitri, I think what you said about pulling yourself back in and refocusing that's perfect because I, I know like for me, that's what happened. I would kind of like brown out, right? Like you, you just under that stress, what I found with that, that back tension release with that silver back is it's got a, it's got that safety, that thumb peg yep. letting off of that safety. Just that it's like a switch for my brain to come back into the present. Like it's almost like things blur. I come to anchor. And then as soon as I, I'm like, Oh, I have to let off the safety and just that little extra step forces my brain in the moment to, okay, cool. Let off the safety. Are your hands relaxed? Anchor points, good strings on the tip of the nose. Pull, pull, pull. Let the pin float, right. And the and I have yet to break a shot that I was like, ooh, that was about like I knew I know where the arrow's going when I break that that one the, on on my bear was the lighting, right? The peep. That's still something I didn't. I, I it was crazy because I remember like sometimes you know when you're in bad light you can actually focus on like you can bring your peep back into focus or yeah. you can bring your sight back into focus, right? I was letting off that safety I was trying to do that and I couldn't do it and I was like do I let down the sun's coming up is the wind going to change on me because this this guy at this point he had been hanging around like within the vicinity for at least 15 20 minutes I didn't know if he was going to stick around I didn't know what was keeping him there it kind of looked like he was rooting around some logs but I wasn't sure um and I decided to to send it but yeah I think what you were saying about target panic and, and pulling back in like You need something. You need some sort of trigger to pull you back in.
0: One thing that I did, I know a couple years ago, and I talked about this a few years ago back at home, I missed a couple bucks. And one was just when I was, I mean, this was actually many years ago now when i was just getting back into it and i just shot under and another time this was not too long ago where like you say you're practicing on the ground you're doing all different types of things and then my big thing that i forgot that year was bent at the waist and boom i shot right under this deer and i'm like holy cow i could have jumped on him like what am i doing and it was frustrating and i kind of started back at ground zero and last year when i shot my buck i remember that was the, as calm as i could possibly be now granted i was not in a tree long so i didn't have time to think but I remember physically and mentally going through all those steps and you know executing that shot and you know I I struggled this past summer I was kind of all over the place and uh I I uh, like what Dimitri said started to come back in and like what's really really funny and what what a coincidence that you know you are on AJ's today I brought my my third block class in we had mountain biking and it was raining And we had the archery stuff set up so i i said the kids i said we're gonna go do archery we have those genesis bows and you know Mm -hmm. the heaviest ones 19 pounds so i'm nerding out i'm telling them what everything is and you know the cams and instructing them on stuff and i had uh only seven kids in there and it was funny because i drew back and i'm telling them i'm walking through the process and i'm doing everything as, as i'm teaching them about this and it was like the longest I held a bow up to a target in a while. And it felt super, super good on this like little 19 pound Genesis bow, but I'm doing this and I know with these bows for me, I'm like, I got to aim like 13 inches low for me to like get it where I want it to go. And I did that. And I legit hit right outside bullseye ring. Like, I mean, it was on the line, like you, you could whatever. And the kids were like, "Oh, that's cause you're an archer and all this stuff. And I start laughing, but I was doing this, and then just before Dimitri got here, I've been feeling like confident these past couple weeks, just because again I've been going through my shot process. And I just went out in the garage, and I have uh, the Sever target, and I'm like, okay, I put a line like a silver sharpie. I'm like, just hit that, Mm -hmm. and like my three, I shot three arrows, and all were right there on the line. And again, like my my shot process is actually kind of funny. It it goes, you know, anchor, I say bubble, and then after bubble i say the friday night lights cue like the clear eyes full hearts can't lose and if i know if i break if i break my shot before can't lose i'm i'm canting my bow and i know the 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 arrow's not going where it needs to go but if i'm if i get through the whole process i'm nine out of ten times where it needs to be and again it's because what dimitri said it's bringing me back in like i'm focusing i'm not worrying about anything else And, uh, so that's been huge, huge for me. Cause I think before I just like, I felt comfortable and I would just go through it and shoot. Uh, and it was like, man, I'm confident I could, you know, hit a dot wherever. And then I think my, like, personally, my issue is I kind of got too much into the Dudley shooting. Like the, make sure my wrist is, or my hand is bent here. Make sure my, I, like, I feel like I personally got way too much into it. So I started thinking too much and that's when Mm -hmm. Shit just went out the door and i mean there was a day this past summer <laughs> it was freaking bad um i like i actually stopped shooting i've just walked around with them because i'm like i don't want to make it worse so yeah man it's it, it it helped uh it's helped tremendously i feel extremely confident now and um yeah i just it because even the one day i went up to my in-laws to shoot on the target with uh in my saddle and i mean my wife's like what were you complaining about all summer you know what were, and i'm like <laughs> she's like those are great shots i said no i know i said i'm just you know going through the motions of what we need to do because that's why we practice to you know to put a successful hit on the on a, an animal and you know you talk about too aj about the shot opportunity you know maybe wasn't the the best shot like you say but you know that's the importance of having the gear that you use too whether it's you know, whatever type of broadhead or whatever type of arrow because, you know, that big cut did its job for you.
1: Well, and, and I think that's the thing too, like now the, there's so much that goes into, especially arrow selection, right? Like the the different setups and and I think one that, like something that I notice is getting completely glossed over lately is like the budget factor, right? Like there's a lot of great videos and a lot, there's infinite great arrow setups you could set up, right? the maximum arrow setup like that a lot of people are kind of messing with now you're talking about thirty dollars an arrow before you put a broad head on <laughs> which is just not feasible no. for like the average person like even even myself like I don't I don't pay for my arrows or my heads right like I get most of my components and everything for free now God bless coda and, uh, but, uh, but you know, the, even still like uh, sometimes like there'll be a hog at 60, 70 and I'm like, I'm going to lobby on this one, like I'm on, on my buddy's ranch. I'm not doing that with an iron will topped, you know, pro yeah. comp, like I'm just not doing that. That's just disrespectful. At yeah. that point, you know, <laughs> um, it's, uh, like it, I think, you know, you have to take all of those things into account and like kind of like out of the box and can you have, you're only going to shoot what you have. right. Like it doesn't matter if you have the greatest bullet in the world. If you can only afford three of them, you're not going to be proficient because you're not going to practice with them. It's, the yeah. same goes for arrows. I lose an arrow at least like once every other week, I screw up something. I forget to change my sight, or, you know, we're taking marginal shots between trees or something like just practicing. Um, but all those little things, like they all add up. Like I, leading up to my shot on my bear, there were, there were so many little things that went through my head from mistakes past that led to success there. And even then, like I'm walking away with lessons, even from this success, right? Like I I noticed talking to like those guys that are on the the tip of the spear, right? It's all the little things like there, there's no big lesson that they're going to impart. That's going to like shatter your world. They make dozens of small decisions that you would never think about just because they've been there and done that. And that leads up to their success this success. Like I talked to Brian Barney from uh, Eastman's elevated, um, which is another, another good podcast. And that dude freaking slays, like that dude kills some monsters no matter where he goes, Hawaii West. Like this guy travels all over the place and he's like a very understated guy, but like he, there's so many little things in his thought process and that he goes through. And it's all from just like, being out there and doing that. And, and the same thing goes for gear. Like there's, and, and like, I'm a big fan of keeping a journal and like taking yeah. pictures of stuff. Cause part of it is like, after a while you'll start forgetting like, Oh wait, that worked. Why did I deviate from that? You know, like that I was having success from there just because like the latest and greatest came out doesn't mean it it's the best for what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, well said.
2: that's right. I I mean, everyone's different and and gonna have different setups and, you know, everyone's hunting styles are different. That doesn't mean, you know, just because some one person's doing that, you have to do it as well. So, you know, I just got to think what's best for you. And I I think marketing and, and some of these bigger, uh, I wouldn't say companies, but maybe, um, ambassadors out there you know that that are on the youtube and and television or you know i mean that's their job the market and they're trying to make money you know doing what they love you know but you know sometimes you got to take a step back and see what's best for you and and kind of weigh out all of your options and and you know look at everything
1: for sure this you know this year especially my arrow setup, um you know i wanted to go with like how can I go? How basic can I go? Like, how close can I get to out of the box performance? Right. That I could like recommend to the average, especially like Eastern hunter that like I could 100% say like, dude, you're not going to be disappointed with this. And like, I, I really feel that way about the, the bow hunter setup that I'm running right now. So the Eastern 6'5 bow hunters, I, I'm a big access guy. That's what I ran for years. It's what I took my first deer with, you know, everything up until this year. Um, I love that arrow. It's a great do it all arrow. Um, there's a lot of like niches you can get in with that too, like different components and whatnot. Um, but this one was like a, okay, you've got a, you've got an arrow that comes with good component, like very good quality components out of the box and then topping it with a sever, which is a, a great mechanical out of the box. Unless you're hunting 500 pound hogs or, you know, giant elk out west, and I actually know guys that, that take elk out west with their uh, 1.5 models. Um, you know, that's an arrow that anybody can get in. And then all they have to do is just mess with, well, what vein co- combination do I want to run for whatever broadhead? Right. And it's an affordable thing. Like that's one of the fun things with the the page now and, you know, being a quote unquote influencer, or whatever you want to call, it, whatever it is we do, um, you know, it is like you want to be able to like relate and try stuff and, and understand like, you know, not everyone's going to be able to run that super high end arrow next year. I think once, you know, this season's over and, uh, and you know, we'll see what comes out at ATA. I wanna go the total opposite direction. So next year, I, I do want to really mess with like, okay, no budget. Like if I have to buy components from companies I'm not affiliated with, so be it. But I wanna s- set up like what is the ultimate like like hipster arrow that everybody's like talking about (laughs) right now right because everyone's pushing the high foc and the insert outsert combinations and the micro diameter and all that and all that stuff's well and good but like let's see you know like do i really feel more more confident because i gotta be honest like guys make a big stink about micro diameter arrows those six fives are six and a half inches or six and a half millimeters wide they're they're bigger than a standard diameter arrow i didn't meet anybody at total archery challenge that shot better than I did. Like yeah. just, just, and I'm not a, a phenomenal archer. Like I'm a good shot. I'm, I'm not Dudley, you know, but like I know plenty of guys that I would put above me that were shooting micro diameter arrows that they missed a whole bunch of targets and we were shooting the same courses in the same wind, you know? So I think, I think sometimes like we can all get kind of wrapped up in, in the very little things. Um, You know when when the important stuff is like well, how proficient are you with what you have a a guy with standard diameter Arrows two dozen of them that he can practice with every single day is gonna outshoot the guy with six of the best arrows that you Money can buy. Yeah, and that's what you run.
2: What's that six point five.
1: Yeah Yeah, and I know
0: Dimitri I mean Dimitri basically has the same setup that you talked about AJ as far as like the several broadheads Uh, He's going 4 fletch. He has a wrap on Uh, I think you're right at
2: at about 440 as well. I think yeah. I think it was like 444 yeah. to be that's, exact. That's
1: what I was at too. Yeah, so we have the same exact setup. I'm running yep. the the four fletch bully veins. Um, I actually just started messing around with uh, putting the robusto, the oh, the nice. 150 grain crossbow head that yep. that Sever makes, and they've been hitting really good. I noticed a, a noticeable penetration difference, even just in my Sever tar- target. Um, so I might end up running those for the rest of the season just cause I, I was able to get my hands on a couple. They're really nice heads. Yeah,
0: no, they're sweet too. We got a couple that we, well, I want to mess around with if I could get like a little, little slick head or something like that on a, on a doe. But, uh, man, I, I, again, I, I, I agree with you cause it's all kind of just to wrap that all up. It's like, whatever gets you confident. Like we know people that, you know, they're shooting their dad's bow from 15 mm-hmm. years ago and still shooting this or, um you know whatever broadhead and uh i i think as long as you are confident and you have shown that you're able to be efficient with it like whatever gets people out in the woods man that's that's the key thing and i know i mean like i said i i love gear and there's times where i'm like okay this is something where it's the trusty old whatever you know what i mean and and you don't you don't i don't break away from that or whatever. Um, but no, I, I, think it's awesome. And I think it's something that, again, if it's going to get people excited and motivated to go out and hunt
1: and, and, uh, do it, then so be it do it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: What works, right? Like there yep. are some guys that I, that I hunt with and that I know that like, I don't like it's funny. Cause like we'll post videos on the page and guys would be like, why didn't you correct their forms? I'm like, dude, why? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's confident when he goes into the woods if he asks me, that's fine, but he hasn't. So I'm not going to be that dude in the gym telling the, the girl, how to <laughs> the rest, right? Like, I, that's just not who I am. Like, um, you know, if somebody wants to ask just like me for advice, that's fine. But I'm not just going to offer it up. Like what, and it's funny cause like I, you know, code is primarily a gear page, but like I, I have no problem telling people like run what you're confident in, you know, like run what you're confident, run what works like that. I'm using cameras and stuff. I was using a cell phone to run the entire Instagram page up until a couple of months ago, right. like master the, whatever you have before you buy that next thing, because that next thing's, if you haven't mastered what you already have in your hand, that next thing's not going to make you any better. It might actually make you worse in the beginning because you don't even know the fundamentals like you're, you're not even yeah. sure what you don't know yet. So you're gonna start tweaking things and getting in your own head, especially this time of year. Like it seems like, for like us whitetail guys, like October is when the wheels start to come off for a lot of guys. Like all of a sudden, I start getting DMs like, "Hey man, should I buy this bow?" Or like, "What do you think of this arrow setup?" And I'm like, "Bro, this was an April question. Yeah. <laughs> like the season. <laughs> we're two weeks into the season. But like." You get into and I remember being that guy. Like you get into your own head, like you make one bad shot at the range and then you're like, Oh my God, I need a new rest. You know, like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it happens. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. No, it that's
0: the crazy part is and and you yeah, like you said, I, I I I'm so thankful. Like, and this is just talking for me personally that like I've been able to work through that, and you know, like I said, had Dimitri to kind of just be like, dude, just relax. You know, you, you know, you could shoot good, you know, and it it helped me out personally, and he's been shooting out lights out as well, and um you know I'm, I'm happy for you to get that bear down and, and two with the silverback i mean that that's just awesome i mean anybody that could go in a hunting situation and, and use a back tension style release that's impressive and uh you know like you say you work through whatever demons and uh more kudos to you on on any of that and those individuals that have been doing it for a while man that's you know straight up like you said they're they're killers man that's awesome
1: yeah, man. I heard, I mean, I heard Levi Morgan. He hunts with uh, uh, a uh, a hinge release, yeah. right? But he shoots tournaments with a trigger release. Yeah. And like, well, that guy's the best 3D shooter in the world. And if he deals with target panic, right? Like who am I to like not eat my pride and try something different and get yeah. out of my comfort zone? Yeah
0: that's some, that's awesome stuff. Let's talk a little bit about that bear hunt. I mean,
2: yeah, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So start off talking about how the preparation went, whether it was summertime or putting out trail cameras, you know, you said it was a small private land of, you know, how you picked this piece apart and and was kind of preparing to go on your first bear hunt this year.
1: For sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, we were on private land, but it's, as close to public as you can get as far as like trying to hunt it and break it down. Right. Um, you know, the the piece of property has been in my family for going on 30, 40 years now. And it's, it's a small like strip of parcel. There's nothing like, it's all rock, right? It, it's that, that, uh, it's up in the, you know, upstate New York, it, it's rock. There's not a whole lot that there's no space to like put even like a food plot or anything like that. Um, and the, the hunting pressure from my extended family, right. It's decent, you know, There's long established stands, uh, stands that have been up for a while that like deer come in and they look where they are. Right. Um, and then you've got public land on one side, private land on the other hunters on that private land. And some of that private land is a a really well farmed. Uh, it's a, it's a massive farm. So they've got a food source there. They've got better water, right? There's almost no reason for them to come over on our little parcel. So, (laughs) you know, how we went about setting it up and, and picking our spots. One, we have the advantage of, you know, my dad, my uncle, and I, we're bow hunters, right? The, the rest of the family, they're, they're, they bow hunt, but, you know, their range is a little more limited. They're primarily gun hunters. Um, so, you know, we, we have the early season advantage getting in there, doing more scouting um, and being able to throw a ladder stand or not a ladder stand, being able to throw a tree stand up in any tree that can hold us. Right. That's another advantage. We just went about picking, okay. We know that there are, are there has to be deer on this piece of property, right? Where are they moving to? Cause we're seeing sign, we're seeing, uh, you know, we're getting them on cameras here or there, but we're not getting them coming, you know, in shooting lanes during the season. So just find, you know, that that's, what's great about some of the mapping tools. Like, uh, I'm a big fan of on i I'm not sure if you guys use, you guys use that as well. Right? Yeah. Yep. So I, what's great about Onyx is, is, is you can map out first, like map out where everything is, right? So throw all your stands out, throw where all your sign is out, throw where, where have you, where have guys killed stuff the last couple years? Right. Then find those negative spaces too, right? Like where is there no activity? Where's nobody looking right now? And then go in there and see, well, is there any, is it just because there isn't crap in here or is it because nobody's bothered to look in here? Yeah. Um, and I know we're starting to do that with some public land. We're too late to get in on the draw down here in Florida, but we're starting to do that on some public land down here too. Um, you know, there's pressure and there's, there's constant trail activity and there's constant people around, but try and find those in-betweens. Um, you know, my, my kind of, uh, I, for lack of a better term, my, my industry dad, uh, Isaac Allen, and they call him uh mule deer Jesus, but he, uh, he's with black rifle coffee now, he's formerly with Easton and sever. And, um, you know, I, I heard him on a podcast uh, with uh, Gritty Bowman and he was talking about doing that with mule deer out West and you know, you can, but you can apply that everywhere, right? Like, you know, I'm getting ready to do a hunt with, with uh, Jimmy, uh, from Humphrey and, uh, we're going to do an urban archery hunt in uh, on long Island. And we're doing the same thing, right? Like the deer are used to activity. So they're probably not moving. They're bedding down. They're not, they're not going to be moving a lot. They're going to be moving the areas where they have cover. So let's find the cover. Let's see if there's any sign in there and then just start working reverse. The bear are different, right? So the bear, they were just like, they're the king of the mountain on our, on our land. They have no predators other than human beings. They haven't really been hunted that much because early season bear in New York is in uh, September. Um, and by that time, like our, the, our family that hunts, they're usually not up there that much yet. Right. Okay. School's just getting going. Um, so there's they don't have that same pressure. You typically, if you don't get them that first weekend when it opens, you don't see them again until maybe you get lucky come you know gun season around Thanksgiving. So, you know, we had cameras set up and they were just walking the logging roads um starting in the springtime, right? Where where the little green grass would kind of pop up and they were just hitting that, they were hitting the same thing the deers were hitting. They were hitting acorns, any down logs, right? They were tearing that apart, getting grubs and whatnot. So you know, we had a a kind of a funnel, um, that was a bit like Times square, all those negative areas that nobody was really hunting or, or crossing all kind of intersected in this one on this one point on the ridge. And there's a road that runs the entire length of that ridge and and a couple of intersecting roads so that's where we set up our trail cameras we had good activity we had bears passing by all the time um and then from there it was just picking uh okay where are our stand locations going to be to take advantage of the thermals and the wind okay right like where can we set up um because you know i I know like scent control is like a, a big hot topic um being that like I hunt most of the time now down here in Florida, like there is no scent control. It's too freaking hot. <laughs> you you yep. smell bad as soon as you get out of the car. So you know you gotta play the wind, and you, and that's it. And so I just started applying that when I when I go up to to home my family too, because usually I'm flying. There's no way I'm getting my backpack and my clothes through an airport without picking up something, right? Yeah. So um, try and set those tree stands a little higher than maybe you normally would, um, and uh, you know still being safe. And, uh, also like we, we like setting up in pine trees, um, like some, some older pine trees, maybe, you know, if you got, if you're on private land, you could take a branch or two down to, so you can shoot out of it. Um, you know, that just seems to help cover that a little bit. I'll even when I'm, you know, when I'm getting out of the four wheeler or walking up the mountain, I'll, I'll grab a handful and just kind of break yeah. it up in my hand and rub it on me too. It's just some, I don't know if it actually does anything, but it makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the bear, that was, that was really it. So we had, you know intersection we knew they were crossing um they're going in between everybody they're following those roads and we knew there were food sources along that road because there's tons of acorns along that ridge so and down trees and whatnot so it was just you know you're playing the odds at that point
0: yeah that's the thing i what's been crazy for us i mean our season's been open since the third and each time i've gone out two of
2: the four sits i've seen bear i don't know really what the uh I don't, I don't really know because we had the the highest bear harvest last year in pennsylvania and i mean it just seems the more and more people i talk to are seeing bears out there so i don't know if it's the the winners are a little more mild than recently in the past year or yeah. what's going on but i mean there's just a ton of bears around
0: well because even that opening day aj it was 8 30 mm-hmm. about 8 30. Uh, we were kind of, Dimitri and I were set up on this ridge where we've hunted before, especially like later in the season where we're like, oh, let's hunt it early. It was the only spot really that was good for wind. So 8.30 rolls around and I hear, I was up in the saddle and I heard like a, like a pretty decent snap over about like my two o'clock and I'm like, okay, well, I don't see anything. It was really thick. And then I heard more of a snap again, kind of about my five o'clock. And then I, I turned around in the saddle and all, like you said, I saw a little black blob And then next to you know it, I'm I'm like, okay, there's a bear and a little one. Boom, there goes another little one running. And I'm like, wait, there's a third one, little one running. I'm like, okay, where's mama? And I see this like medium-sized one come on. I'm like, that's not the mom. And then lo and behold, here comes mom, like a really big-sized black bear. So she had three cubs with her. and So I boom, right then I saw five bear total in that first little bit and that kind of blew up that spot it's crazy how much bear like you were saying like how much you've seen over the last couple of years like oh yeah it's something that we've had uh a lot here in central pa and i know back at home which is closer to you know northeastern pennsylvania i know it's it's a heavy heavy harvest as far as black bear are concerned too so yeah i i don't know what to chalk it up to yeah and it's i love it so i'm not gonna complain (laughs) yeah
2: well and and it's tough when you're hunting them on the mountain too just just like you did as well i mean you know we're seeing bears they they may travel three or four miles a day looking for feed it just all depends what's what's around in the area and especially on the mountain if there's not acorns or you know green grass that they're feeding on they're just going to keep moving on to the they find the next food source so you know, especially in archery season, that that's even a tough to accomplish, a bear harvest uh, when you're up on the mountain like that and not know when they're going to come through or, you know, because they're probably not just hanging around there day to day, you know, a lot. You know, if you have a farm field or, you know, some sort of crop that's going to hold them at that spot, they're going to stay there because they, they want that that food and it's available to them. But I mean, when you're hunting these mountain bear, I mean, they're just traveling and it's really luck yep. of the draw, whether they're going to walk in front of you that day or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we had about six different bears coming cycling through and it seemed like, I don't know if it was like a week or two week kind of cycle that they kind of come through. So they were clearly covering a lot of ground. And one thing I will say, like you brought up the, the deer blowing, my cousins have shot at bears two at least two different times while they were chasing does. Yeah. So that you know they're and that is one thing that we have a lot of I, our unit the last couple of years they haven't released any doe tags and we have a ton of doe on our property. Um, not a ton of bucks, but a ton of does. Um, we, we suspect the old lady down the road of feeding them that we, that's why they're hanging around so much. Cause she hasn't read the, uh, the DEC handbook, but, um, but, uh, yeah, they might as well be pets over there. But, uh, but yeah, they're, uh, that's, that's another thing. Like they're definitely, I don't know if they're putting a curtain on the deer population cause we have a a ton of dough the last couple of year too, but it definitely, at least like the Turkey population has gone down significantly from years past and we've been seeing more bears than ever. So, I mean, I like hunting bears. I think it's a cool challenge. It was, um, you know, this was my first one that I've gotten. Um, and, uh, it, it was a very different, like every species has its own feeling to it, right? Like it has its own kind of soul and persona and, yeah uh, it was a, it was a very surreal thing, like walking up to and and being able to put your hands on them.
0: Well, dude, I love the images too, that you had, like, as far as like the pack out went, like you mentioned, he, <laughs> you know, you went down the, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't fun to do, <laughs> uh, but very rewarding. I'm sure just, man, I, I think, uh, you know, like you said, it, it's something where personally you know i haven't gone out for bear you know i always get my my bear license and um you know if, if something were like dimitri said if you get lucky like sure but it just always seems like when bear season's in i don't ever see a bear it's when they're when they're not um now you're saying about having them on camera like did you strategically was there anything different that you did as far as like black bear to white tail or anything like that
1: no, they were just our whitetail cameras and they'd come on. One thing we would do, um, is anytime we take a whitetail, we always, uh, we'll gut them there and we'll always set up a camera. Yep. Um, just cause you know, we want to see if there's coyotes come we, in. We've taken a lot of coyotes that way, like next day, you know, over the gut pile kind of deal. Um, and, uh, so we always do that. And that's, I think that's when we really started to, to notice them more. Um, and then we were finally like, they're just walking. We were, that's when we actually realized that they're just walking in on the roads. Um, cause we had a gut pile, not far from, not far from the, the logging roads. So, um, after that, we just started setting up cameras just right on the, the logging roads. And that's when we started, Oh, we have more bear than we, than we realized. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you know, just driving through or passing through, they all look the same, right. But, uh, it's hard to tell the difference when you just get the sizes, but um, you know, after that we realized, oh, we've got, we've actually got a good deal. That would be the only thing I'd say is different. Um, but otherwise like we're primarily, you know, uh, at least my family, they're, they're whitetail hunters. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the bear take a back seat, but it's been fun. Like I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, congrats on, on that bear. I, I love hearing that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's we, like you said too, we hunted out in, in Utah in August and hunting that early is just so like. Awesome. I mean, I know you get a chance to do it with, with Florida, but like for us, it's like, man, we're hunting already. (laughs) So that's, that's pretty cool.
1: It's nice being able to hunt that early down here, but you're kind of like, I don't even want to, it's so (laughs) gross. (laughs) I think next year I might, uh, if this whole COVID work remote thing's still going on, I might try to do some sort of Western tour. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, it was uh definitely cool. I was uh it it was the pack out was not great. Um that was the first time in a long time we haven't been able to use like the, the ATVs to get stuff out. So <laughs> trying to pack out a bear in uh in your little day pack was, was not a lot of fun. But it, uh we upgraded that too since then. Yeah, I was um, gonna say you
0: didn't have the uh the old uh Kefaro pack in yet.
1: No, no, didn't have any of that yet. No, I had a little Sika 12 day pack and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a couple of shades more red now. That's, that's for sure. And, uh, it's extra waterproof from all the fat greased up on it, but
0: that's awesome. We'll talk about, cause, uh, I mean, again, I know we're, we're both, we love talking gear, talk about what was the the logic behind getting a, a Kefaro pack.
1: Yeah. So actually in hindsight, I'm kicking myself a little that I didn't pony up for like the external frame model. Okay. Um, but I ended up what I, I kind of like, again, right? Playing the odds, like what's kind of best. So, so I had a mystery ranch Treehouse pack, which is a great pack. Um, awesome white tail pack, uh, has like, it had like a rigid kind of box frame to it. So it was, was kind of like, imagine a, a box with two shoulder straps on it. That's sort of what it was like. And the, the theory behind it was you can just open it, easily reach in and out. It wouldn't collapse on itself. It was great for tree sense, which it was. Um, but now like having, even just having the small camera that I run, um, you know, like I like to hike into my stand. So I'll usually just wear, you know, my pair of pants, my base layers, and I'll have like my, my heavy, like my, my first light, my overalls and my jacket, I like to throw them in my backpack. Um, so then if I do that, there was no room for any camera gear. There's barely any room for snacks or food, you know, water. Um, you know, if I had to lug a tree stand in, forget it. So I really wanted something bigger. So I sold the mystery ranch to a buddy. Um, and I got the, the shape charge, um, the, the Kafaro shape charge. I, I got to check out some of the Kafaro stuff at a total archery challenge in Utah. I talked to Dana. She's awesome. Everybody I've ever talked to from Kafaro has been awesome. So, um, I was like, well now you guys kind of hoodwinked me into to supporting <laughs> you guys and your, your expensive gear. Um, but it was just, it was like picking it up. It was noticeably, over engineered like everything the buckles the clips the sewing everything on it was just completely overbuilt and and l- like pulling that bear out of there I mean my pack held up fine but it definitely wasn't designed for that yeah. my sh- my traps were killing me from the weight of just those skinny pads just cutting down into my shoulders um and uh yeah so I went with I got the the shape charge which is kind of their like whitetail pack and then I put um, I forget what the name of the, the other the external pack is, but it's a it's a small. Is it the bane? Um, bane. The bane, yes. Yeah. So I, I got the the bane pack for the outside, uh, and now I can fit. Uh, I can I have two pockets on the exterior, which was a, a big complaint on uh, on my other packs that I have. So I can put my water bottle, and I can put um, either my my sticks or something else in the other side. I can put all of my clothes, all my 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 heavy um, late season stuff in the pack itself. Um, and then I can put all of my tree stand stuff. So any like ropes that I've had or, uh, hoist stuff, my kill kit, um, anything like that can actually go in that Bane pack and then I can wedge the, either my bow or the tree stand in between the Bane pack and my shave charge. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited for this setup cause th- that running gun is kind of like going to be, like what I'm moving more towards, uh, and doing a couple more road trips and things like that. And also like, I've just been so frustrated in years past, like going hunting different places and like love all my buddies and stuff. And, and like just so appreciative for the opportunities, but like you get it, there's nothing worse than like getting in a stand in a great spot and you know, the stand is in a terrible spot, right? Like (laughs) just, there's a tree right in like the perfect shooting lane. Like the wind isn't right. You know, like there, there's nothing worse than that. And then like, you're like, how can I possibly make this better? Like at seven o'clock in the morning. Right. So, um, I, I just decided, you know, like, try and take more stuff in my own hands. So I'm really like of all the things, like if I get a new bow this year, great, but that pack, I'm just psyched to put to some, some good use. Yeah. That's, it, that's important
0: because actually I was just talking to a kid about like Dimitri setup on, on Instagram. Uh, like Dimitri still runs a climber. He has an XOP pack, but like, he's so efficient with it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to talk for you, but I mean, what, like from watching you, I, I filmed him the other night, and you know i'm running kind of the run and gun thing and and we both got up at the tree at the same time we were both just as quiet there wasn't anything and it's like what we were talking about earlier it's what fits you what you feel comfortable doing and uh i mean you are as slim as it can be as far as your setup you know what i mean like so again it's just a an um an older model xop climber with the xop pack and he has his camera gear his stuff set up in between there with good shoulder straps i'm running like I ran an EXO pack for uh, out west, and mm-hmm. um, I I spent some extra money and, and bought a kafaru set up for like whitetail just because the the day pack from EXO with all my camera gear and with everything else just wouldn't fit, and the way the U shape opens up something would fall right out i'm going to keep the pack because it was phenomenal as far as western hunting is concerned um and i you know it's great quality so i was like you know here i am with ridiculous two expensive packs but my whitetail setup as far as kafaru was set up is i have the striker the frame to it as well so like now in between one and the striker i put my little platform and then on the outside i have like a, a large and a medium pouch then my sticks go on there and uh, you know, it's like you said, I'm able to carry a good amount of weight. And if, if we're back out hunting and you know, where we usually go for public land and we're together, we need a quarter out of whitetail. Like we have the capability of doing that, like with ease.
1: And you're running the, uh, you've been uh, messing around with the saddle hunting too, right?
0: Yeah. So that's been like, for me, like I told him, I'm like, I love it so far. I like, I got the, I have both of the, of the, um, love the platforms from tethered, the predator platform. I have like the normal one and I have the XL. So I see myself using the XL when it's an all day sit and the little one just for, if I'm just going up and I know I'm getting back down or something like that. Uh, And they're both. I, so like I'm being like dead serious. Like I find it very extremely comfortable. I think once you find your, that like that comfort spot, if you are able to find that, that's where you're, you're, you will be like, super super pleased and i i told dimitri this countless of times i find it shooting so much easier um i just uh, like i don't know there's just something where if from my that good that left side since i'm a righty all the way to like when i need to basically duck under the rope and go on that opposite side that whole time i mean it is just like if you could get your balance and trust like i trust the saddle now so I don't know, man. It's just something where I'm, I'm extremely happy. I think there is still a place for a tree stand, like for sure. You know, I don't think it's the end all be all, but I'm a big, I like if, if you could get in one to try it before you, you drop the coin, like it's definitely something to to try to mess around with just because again, like I found that sweet spot where my bridge needs to be, where my tether needs to go for that height. Um, You know and and the the phantom it has those comfort channels i know which where how to adjust those so i'm i'm glad i messed around a lot in the summer just because now i'm starting to feel like the hardest thing for me now is to figure out my which which height i need to put my uh fourth arrow base so that i'm not going to hit my camera over my tether um, so I just need to get lower. Is all I'm saying on that one, because because I want to have it if I'm knee if I have my knees into the the tree, like I'm looking at the camera, because then I'm not like you're not you're not getting booger shots. Um, mm-hmm. So if I go lower, you're gonna get those shots. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I've so far I've enjoyed it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, the Jimmy who I'm hunting with in November. That he's running the the tethered also. Uh, He's been loving it. I got to check one out at ATA last year. It it was a great setup. I actually, um, I just uh, picked up uh, Novix, which is Mm -hmm. basically Lone Wolf. They just rebranded. I picked up one of their stands on uh, somebody at a discount code and then uh, I'm supplementing it with uh, a whole bunch of stuff from Tethered. So slowly building up that system. But uh, yeah, I'm sure... uh, after messing around with some of that, that year, it's, uh, it's going to bite me in the butt and I'll end up with one of those saddles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: that's what like I have back at home. Like I only have one stand that I have pre hung and it's a XOP vanish one. And, um, I was like, I was even thinking like, if, okay, if that's a tree I want to get in, I'm like, I still might just hunt it out of like, use it like a saddle. Well, that's awesome, man. What else do you, you know, what's the plan for you for whitetail? I know, uh, you know, being down in Florida. And like you said, you got a couple plans. You got that hunt coming up with Jimmy,
1: what else is going on? That's going to be the big thing right now. So yeah, kind of gearing up for that. We're going to film it. It'll be a cool little project that we're going to do together. Um, he's super talented. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that cause I can kind of put my camera down for a little bit and just focus on hunting. It'll, uh, it'll sort of be like a homecoming for me cause that's where I'm from originally. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, my family actually, my, my dad and my uncles will be uh, out out uh, in Ohio hunting that week while I'm hunting the Island. And then when they come back, we'll hunt uh, my family's uh, land for a little bit. Uh, and then I'm going to take my time driving back down and we'll see, maybe stop by some buddies in, uh, in the Carolinas and Georgia and whatnot and uh, kind of just winging it. You know, I had uh, had some other plans and then COVID changed it and then, you know, things always come up. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, t- getting that bear early was definitely a, a nice monkey off of my back. That's for sure. <laughs> so just, uh, going to try and enjoy it. Just focus on, uh, on really just kind of just enjoying the, the entire process. And I, I don't know if it's cause like I'm getting older and, more sensitive or humbled or whatever. But like, I feel like every time I'm in the woods, I'm seeing more, I'm absorbing. Like, it's like I'm drinking out of a fire hose. Whereas before it kind of felt like feeling around a dark room. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm just excited to, to not be sweating and to be in the woods.
2: <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I, 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 I agree with you hundred percent. I don't know if it was age or, you know, now that I'm a father or, you know, what went on this year. it just, I've been hunting a little bit more early on this year, but I mean, I just enjoy every time being out in the woods, sitting, you know, even though it's slow and and seeing a couple does and that's about it. But I mean, just, just kind of enjoying it and relaxing and, you know, and and just taking it all in. It's really been enjoyable this year. I, I know even Saturday when I was out and, um, took my time getting in, you know, I about stepped on a snake going in and, (laughs) you know, but, uh, just trying to like, look at sign and kind of scout my way in. And I climbed up and I'm sitting there for a while. And normally you're sitting there, especially for the evening and you're like, come on, come on. When's that last hour coming? You know, you're sitting there forever. and, And I was just enjoying the sit and it was beautiful. It was a little warmer than we wanted to, but, you know, it was really, nice out and you know i look at my watch and it's already like 5 30 almost six o'clock i had a couple fawns come up feeding to me and i'm like holy cow i can't believe all that time went by so so fast already and you know it's it's just really nice this year being able to enjoy it and not trying to put all that pressure on yourself
1: yeah especially this year right like just get away from all the noise yeah. is yeah. so nice just throw the phone in the backpack and you know not look at it unless you yeah. have to. And, it really is it's just so great and and uh, you know that was, honestly that was like the best part of that that bear hunt was being able to like process the bear right there next to the creek with my dad and you know hike that thing out together and and that's just like a memory that that I'll always have that's that's the stuff that you really hold on to like i'm getting you know killing stuff yourself is cool but like I'm more than happy to be that person behind the camera these days and I'm just as happy when my buddies get a hog or something even more so sometimes than me like especially like now having the camera and things like that like you get to tell the story now and you get to capture that that memory for them and like that's been something like I've started giving as gifts to people is just like if I could snap a photo and like frame it like it's such a stupid little thing but at the same time like that's something that like now that thing is 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 there and they'll look at it and remember it and it's a cool thing i i, I know i do that with all my old you know gripping grins with with my granddad and my, my dad growing up and you know that doesn't change as an adult no
0: no no 100 that's actually why i'm i'm really excited for this weekend not only because we're getting a a nice little cold front coming in, but the wind and the wind's great, but I'm actually, I'm going to head home, uh, visit some family where I'm going to hunt with my dad. He's off and I'm really excited. And like you said, it's mainly just because I get a chance to hunt with my dad and, you know, share that moment again with him. And hopefully we get, one of us gets lucky. Cause I mean, a part of me really hopes that he does, uh, he got a new bow. He got a, a black, uh, series prime three as well. And, um, so I know he's really, he's shooting more than he's ever shot before. So he's, uh, he's feeling confident, feels good. And, uh, so I don't know, man, I'm, I'm kind of hoping I could get that on footage for him. Like, I mean, I won't be filming him cause we're both going to be hunting in separate spots, but like if I have the chance, he texts me and says, Hey, I shot something like I'm, I'm going to be so jacked up for him.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause dad's don't realize that too. Like I yeah. remember my dad got, got a deer, he shot a deer and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to come like help you to recover. And he's like, no, no, stay where you're. I'm like, no like this is part of it right like this is all part of it you know it's uh that's really cool i'll be pulling for you guys this weekend that's awesome
2: what do you what do you think your bear weighed
1: (sighs) judging on the pack out we were saying maybe like 250 300 maybe nothing he wasn't like a crazy big bear he was definitely like he wasn't a baby you know like he he was big enough but uh but, uh, I was, I was glad he wasn't bigger on the way out. That's for <laughs> sure. But, um, cause yeah, we had, I mean, if we took probably, I mean, we just took the the quarters and, uh, and the back straps off of them. And then of course the, the, the hide in the head. And it, it was probably at least a hundred pounds of meat. Like I, we just, as we were butchering that thing up, I couldn't believe how much meat and how much of the freezer we filled up with that thing. Um, and he had a good amount of fat on him too. It yeah. was, uh, it was, it was impressive. So actually I left it all up there. I'm looking, that's part of the reason I'm road tripping back too. Cause I'm, I'm bringing the whole cooler with me. So uh, <laughs> That's awesome. How, what, um, I'm trying to think
0: what,
1: uh, so you haven't really had the chance to really cook anything yet with him, huh? No, not yet. No, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Cause it's, we've, he's got some pretty decent, like some pretty good bear recipes and I know a yeah. couple of other people do. They always say like, he, it depends what the bear has been eating and stuff like right. that. So um, I'm really, I'm excited for that. Cause that's, I feel like that's the question I get a lot, um, from people. Like anytime we kill anything, it's like, oh, well, are you going to eat that? And how's it taste? And, um, especially like international, uh, hunters too, yeah. like, um, that's the cool thing with social media, right? Like I had a guy from Maritis hit me up. Like, how do you prepare that and stuff? And I'm like, what do you guys hunt down there? He's like, oh, we have hogs. We have guinea hens. We have, I'm like, that's crazy. You guys bow hunt that stuff? Like it that was uh that was a surreal, <laughs> real thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to cook up some of that bear. That's for sure. And hopefully add some, add some venison to it as well. Yeah. That's the one thing
0: that like Dimitri was saying, like not to feel the pressure, but like part of the pressure is like, I like, honestly, it's not more so of like, shooting uh like for social media and for antler up it's (laughs) It's like like my freezer's getting empty (laughs) yeah my freezer's getting empty
1: yeah yeah Yeah, i uh yeah it's funny last year i felt that pressure like with the page and stuff like that and uh yeah this year like i kind of just i put all that stuff because you know what i realized too is like that that's not really what it's about like i think there's enough people you know, the, I'm pretty, I'm very trans, probably too transparent about like, look, like these are pages that are killers, like follow them. Cause they've been there, done that. I'm that guy that's on that journey. And I obsess about the gear side of it because I only get to hunt so much. So yeah. I want to be as squared away as possible. Right? Like, like that, if you want my take on that stuff, cool. But if you want to come for like hunting advice, go to these pages, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, it's been really cool. I'm I'm psyched. And dude, I mean, all the new bows are coming out. So like, I'm trying not to nerd out about that. Um, I'm hoping mine will be here before, uh, before I leave for my trip, but we'll uh, we'll see. What did you end up getting? So I've got PSEs. actually, uh, I'm going to be doing some work with them, um, over the next year at least. And, uh, so, uh, I kinda, I was lucky I had my, my pick, but I was like, I don't want to wait any longer. so, So send me that new expedite that you guys got. I was really impressed with that thing. And, uh, you know, I've just, I love that I've got the NXT 31 right now and I haven't shot a bow better. They're, they're all, like we said on the last podcast, they're all good. Right. Um, but for me, like I love the grip, I love the balance of the bow, I love the cam cycle. And when I I got a chance, the, the rep was at my local shop, I got to go shoot it. And it just felt exactly like the bow that I already have, but it was quieter, faster and better balanced. So I was like, okay, those are all wins. Um, there's, there's no downside here and the thing looks freaking cool, which I don't care what anybody says it, your bow should excite you when you look at it. That's part of the fun, right? Um, Well, not to get uh, you,
2: not to get you in trouble or anything, but their lineup that they haven't announced yet, how's it looking? or can
1: you give us any details? So, I don't know anything about that. I've been trying to get the wink, wink nod from, <laughs> from, from the guys. You know, they haven't released anything on that. Um, you know, I'm excited for it. I, I don't think they're going to announce, and I, I could be off on this, but I, I thought I heard the, the, the reps say that they're not going to announce until ATA. So, I hope so. I, I don't so, know man. if. I hope so too. Nothing like I, I, listen, man, I'm excited anytime a new bow comes out, but it pisses me off when brands, when manufacturers release mid season, like there's nothing worse than being in the stand with your brand (laughs) new bow and the new, new bow came out. You're never ready to ship until February anyway. Right. So I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's the weirdest thing, you know, like it it just, I, I don't get why manufacturers do that. Like I'm sure at some time there was maybe a reason for it, but like Hey, let's just make ATA like the cool gala, you know, and like everybody release what's coming out or do it before the season. That's cool too. Like how cool would it be for them to have a bow launch at total archery challenge? Right. And then you could try the bow out, right? Like loophole does that with optic, not take it on the mountain, obviously, but like just have like the demo bows there to shoot at the, at the practice range like that with a sick backdrop. Why is nobody doing that? Yeah. And now I'm sure someone will next year and I want credit. (laughs) yeah, well, I I think too, man, like you hit the nail on the head, like
0: there are, you get so many views already. If you go to ATA and you do these product videos and all that type of stuff, like Jacob from uh, Myers from the uh, Southern outdoorsman, like he does a great job as far as putting like, Hey, these are the new sticks that are coming out and he does these quick videos. Like, could you imagine some of these video videos? like hits because you're finally seeing the brand new bow coming from prime or from from Matthews, from Hoyt, from you know, PSE. It, like, it doesn't matter. You're like, cause that's going to be the first time they're going to be in people's hands.
1: Oh, it'd be massive. And here's the yeah. other thing, like at least ATA last year, nobody was really releasing anything groundbreaking. Otherwise, yeah. anyway, the, the only real announcement was Doug going to, to PSE. PSE, right? Yeah. Otherwise, everything was a minor tweak on what was happening uh, on something that was already, in your, in the product line, right? Like there's nothing dramatic or drastic that was happening. So um, I, I would love to see that. I think it would be a good move. I think it would be just better for the industry. Like the archery industry does some stuff just very weird, right? Like just something like this they, they released, like Hoyt released their new women's bow, which I don't get what a woman's bow is. I think it's super <laughs> patronizing and just like disrespectful to like, uh, I, I, I don't know. But uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, hey, yeah, we added some pastel colors and stripped all the high-end features. It's our woman's bow. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I would love to see the the industry like take advantage of that. And and I mean, hey, look, look what Matthews did. Like, they've been crushing it, just letting their, you know, their their marketing guys or their their guys that are like the younger guys that are creating the content for them kind of have their way with it, and their marketing machine is unparalleled. Like everybody else is playing catch up to them. You yeah. know, I mean, they make a great pop product, no doubt, but in terms of like, you want to talk about like the most dedicated fanboys of any manufacturer, <laughs> like <laughs> Matthews fans will go to blows about right, yeah. every little thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, uh, there's a, there's a couple of things. Every bow has their quirks. Right. And yeah. with the Matthews, nobody really talks phenomenal bow. Like you said, and they sell a lot of bows because there is not a bow that is more quiet or dead in the hand and especially for the speed that it's shooting, Matthews has the, the whole industry just beat on that. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. A lot of guys go and they'll blank bail with that bow and they'll go, everybody has the same expression, whoa, right? Because no one's ever shot anything that quiet and that vibration free, it just doesn't exist. Yep. But the what a lot of guys don't realize is that grip, that skinny grip is causes problems for a lot of guys that are inconsistent and it's a top heavy bow so that's why you see a lot of people running front and sidebars with a lot of weight on it to compensate for it because otherwise you're constantly fl- fighting that balance. And the other thing that I noticed is I, I was shooting my verdicts when I had it a lot and it's the same cam, you know, the, the yeah. last three, four years now. Um, but I was shooting it a lot and just the grip angle. And like you said, that back wall, it dumps you into that back wall and you're hard against it. But in a tree stand, it would want to pull away from me. And I noticed when I was shooting, like when I was putting a couple hundred reps in, like getting ready for total archery challenge every day, I was starting to get tendonitis in my elbow yeah. just from the, the grip angle. Like you, yeah. you have to take all those little things into account. And the other thing is like you're talking about Peep, factory strings are notoriously not the best. The Matthew strings are the worst, worst. on the market. <laughs> and they're bad. nobody nobody wants to come out and say it. And I don't know why. And quite frankly, Matthews for as great a product as they put out should be embarrassed that they advertise those strings on their own. Um, because you know, they've had a couple years to clean it up. Like you've got to swap out those zebra strings immediately. Like yeah. just, just do it, you know, get a, a good reputable brand. There's a whole bunch of great string manufacturers out there. Um, cause you will be fighting not just the peep twist, which is annoying in and of itself, but a lot of times that peep twist is happening because, your cables are actually stretching. You're losing poundage. That's why guys start hitting low over time. Um, I know that would happen to me when I would travel, if it was a different humidity or temperature, all of a sudden, my poundage was off, you know, and, and my bow wasn't sighted in anymore. Um, so I, I had a super frustrating time in, in Utah attack at last year because of that. Um, and again, right. That's just, you know, Matthew's quirks. Every bow's got their quirks, yeah. every, yeah. every single bow, but you know, let's, let's not all pretend that they're all, you know, uh, just shiny and uh, oh, yeah. and pure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what i'm excited to see what comes out with all all the bow manufacturers just because like you said you know they just kind of tweaked something last year and i i feel like they can't do that again right they got to mm-hmm. come out with something new something new e- exciting that the really market these bows this year and and i think i'm going to be in the market for a new bow probably this year don't tell my wife or she kind of <laughs> already knows but uh so i'm i'm excited to see what comes out you know and and i think more than ever i can kind of know what i want and you know before uh like two years ago i i I got the uh sr6 and i kind of didn't know what i was looking for you know i haven't bought it i didn't buy a new bow for a long time and i i did shoot everything i shot everything that's the bow that felt the best for me but i think now that i've i've kind of looked and and shot several bows i kind of know what what's best for me uh so am really excited this year to see what they come out with
1: yeah. I think, uh, and I think a lot of like, uh, most people probably have that take, like what revolutionary thing is going to come out. I don't know if we're going to see it. Like yeah. I'm hopeful for it too, but I think the bow industry is kind of entering the, 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 like their, their age where the gun industry has been it for a little while, where like the major leaps in technology have already happened. Like it's going to take that next evolutionary, like how many new AR 15 manufacturers come on the market, you know, and, and what new compact. Pistol comes out every year. It's all little tweaks. I think the same things happening with bows. Like their speeds are topping out now. What you're seeing is, you know, you're seeing a lot more tunability without the need for presses and tools, which I think is awesome. Like the yeah. more the the thing that that makes me like more upset than anything is when you know you, you get texts that like are afraid to impart wisdom on their customers. Like if you like look at Dudley, he's got such a dedicated following because. He gives people the power to den- determine their own archery destiny, right? For lack of a, that's kind of dramatic, but you know what, yeah. what I'm oh, trying sure. to say there. Like yeah. you, he educates people. You can make the decision on your own what to do with that information, but now you're in a place to do that. Like it, the the shops that are the best in the country are the ones that empower their people. And the, the manufacturers that are allowing their shooters to tune how they, to fit their style and their setups, I think they're the ones that are just going to have you know, more and more successful. I'm, I'm psyched for all of that. Um, it, it's going to be a fun year. I, I wonder like what, like, what accessory wise, if there'll be any drastic changes, like it seemed like that zero came out a couple years ago and nothing's really like really changed since then. I'd love to see if that could become lighter and smaller and, um, all that kind of stuff, but it's cool. It's a good time to be a bow hunter.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, even like for me, as far as like, cause having a, uh, a prime this year, that's the first year that they have any adjustability as far as like tunability and, uh, you know, in draw length, like, cause in years past, you had to buy brand new camps, you know, there was, you know, so like for me, like Dimitri said, we had Casey Vanegraaff on from prime and, you know, he, he, you were like, Man, at least you could sell your bow now a lot easier for like to upgrade because you could, hey, I could adjust my draw length on it. I don't need a bow press and all that type of stuff. So that's the first time for them. And I know he talked about something where they're releasing uh, for their new bows this year, their flagship, where the only other person in, the, in like in anything that's using this material is NASA. So I'm a, I'm, I mean, I would say that it's going to be something as far as their risers concern i would
1: think yeah i mean prime's been on the edge like as far as riser stiffness like that if matthews has you know speed and vibration free like and quietness prime has the the industry killed on rigid risers like they've had them for years and the last couple of years i mean granted i don't know who knows if it's marketing but their aluminum that they've used is from italy anything imported from Italy, is sexy, right? So like <laughs> they, they've got me on the marketing alone with that. So, yeah. uh, but their risers, man, there's something else, like super strong. Like I, I love their grip. I'm a big fan of the primes. Uh, you know, one of the only reasons I didn't go with them in years past is just, I didn't have like a, a local dealer that I was, yeah. I was tight with. Um, just God forbid you got to get them serviced. Cause you do still have to get parts and stuff from the dealer, but awesome. Awesome bows. A lot of the guys that shoot the 3d, uh, around here they they're all running primes and they love them
0: yeah now I, I like i said i've been impressed i mean there's th- things where you know do i wish it could be a little bit more dead in the hand and quieter like yeah for sure and that's where i i mean i've messed around with a bunch of my stokerized stabilizer setups and like for me i'm like well okay i found my that dead spot i found the quietness and um and it's weird too because even like when my dad shoots his like i've been around him when he shot it i'm like what are these some people talking about? Where it's like it sounds like a gun going off. I'm like that sounds just as like when you shoot your bowtech. You know what I mean? Like it's just as quiet in there. I mean, there's times where he shoots, and I don't know if it's because it. I I mean, I it's I I'm, I'm sure it's because of his draw length, his arrow setup, and just everything. I mean, when he shoots his bowtech, I mean it. That thing is a laser. I mean, it is. It, it's it's quiet, and, and he shoots it extremely well. Um, But, like, it's the same thing, like I said, with my dad with his prime. Because there was, uh, you know, Lancaster Archery posted your image to one day. And then a few days later, you know, we got a repost from them, which was pretty cool. And somebody commented, I saw they were like, uh, they basically burned prime about, like, being loud and they're like, we should have stuck with our Matthews have fun shooting that like in the tree uh-huh. stand or something <laughs> like that. And it's like, you know, I said, I'm like, it just, I just kind of loud. Cause I'm like, man, it's like, it's not that loud. I don't like, it's, no. it, it's not like a pop or anything. Like I said, I mean, I have some, um, uh, uh, monkey tails on the cables just to like where people say to put them. And then I said, I just had the way my stabilizer setup is it's, I mean, I have no worries. I am no issues. And you know,
1: I honestly think too, the arrow almost makes, I mean, it, I'm sure it depends what distance, but just from what I've seen, I think the arrow noise makes more of a difference than the bow noise. Yeah. Just cause you know, we've, we've been shooting, um, we've been shooting targets at like 90 and a hundred and sometimes deer will come out like in the vicinity and they won't move until that arrow gets there. They don't care about the bow granted. Right. That's 90, a yeah. hundred yards, but I was lobbing. I lobbed two arrows at hogs recently at 60 yards. And I could watch my arrow going, and then him just do that lurch forward, you know, bef- in that tw- last twenty yards before the arrow got to him, you know. So I, I, th- I really, I don't know. I mean, I have, I probably haven't shot enough stuff to like accurately comment on it, but I think the arrow noise almost makes more of it. The bows are so quiet these days. Yeah, they're they're all so quiet these days. I mean, you're you're cutting hairs, and the dead in the yes. hand thing. I think it's, it's nice, right? Like, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. And usually the more vibration you have, the louder the bow is. One usually comes alongside with the other, but I mean, target bows vibrate, you know, and, and guys are shooting 900 rounds at Vegas. So you can't tell me that some vibration in the bow necessarily correlates with the bows accuracy. Like I'm sure there is, and there was a time in the past but I think now, yeah. you know, all the bows are, you're, you're talking about like that prime, like it's not even vibration. It's like a, you feel the string hit. Yes. You know? Yep.
0: And, and I actually, um, I went and got a high tech, uh, string stop for, it and like, again, so adding that, adding my arrow setup and along with my, my stokerized stabilizers, I mean, like legit, like, uh, I mean, it. I don't notice that big of a difference. Like you said, you're splitting hairs between that and the VXR to be completely honest. Like I'm not, I mean, we're not associated with any of them. So it's like, who cares? But I mean, legit, it's, you're splitting hairs.
1: Yeah. And there's, I mean, you got to trade off for something too, right? Cause I think the prime uh, at least on paper, they're neck and neck, the VXR, you know, um, but it doesn't matter if you don't feel comfortable, comfortable in what you're hitting. Like I noticed, certain bows like, and this is something I, I noticed with guys when attack last year. And also with myself in a tree stand guys take it for granted that when you're canted over, whether it's up or down the weight of that quiver or that stabilizer or whatever you have on your bow, you've now changed the balance point of your bow. And if you don't, you might have to adjust your grip. And if you don't, you're going to hit, usually it's left, right. Uh, or left or right, whatever it is, your left and right is going to be off. Cause you're torquing that bone. You don't even realize it. So like, it's important like to have that grip in a position and, and i mean prime they designed that bow for shootability that's why they put the the grip in the center right yep. it, it complicates some of the tuning and they lose some efficiency i'm sure doing that but like everything in archery is a trade off right like you you got to you got to give a little here to gain a little there yeah, so well it's just said, finding man, that man. combo
0: yeah well said i mean you can't say that any better for you know <laughs> you give a little to to get a little for sure awesome man Well, dude i love it <laughs> we went deep. We went down. A yeah. we, I know. I, I mean, I, I feel like too, there's we so much went on all night. Well, I think about too, you, I mean, you, I mean, before we get off, I mean, please everybody too. like check out, you just drop some awesome, like mind blowing things where people could actually take some really awesome photos with a cell phone and how to edit it. And, uh, that's up on your YouTube. So, you know, check that stuff out.
1: Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. I put out uh you know, and it's something that like I'm just scratching the surface of, I think I found a niche, you know, like you said, you saw my photo on on Lancaster and it's funny cause like companies will repost some of my photos and guys will be like, dude, that's you, you know? And, and like, it's cool that people like I definitely have a style and I found it in a, like kind of a little niche. Um, but, uh, but I'm in by no means an expert on the, the subject. So, but I was getting enough people asking like, how can, cause everybody likes taking photos of the kills, the gear, yeah. everyone's got their, their camera in their pocket 24 seven. Right. So, uh, I was like, let me just put something together just to kind of help people conceptualize some stuff just to, to capture more of those moments. Cause that's something like it, I started doing that a couple of years ago and it really like I, I was surprised the profound difference it made honestly in my entire life because you know, you start snapping stuff and you have, not only do you have those memories, but I know in hunting, like I started looking at things differently. Yeah. You know, like you start noticing the, the leaves, the spider webs, the, the tree bark, like all those little details that you just kind of walked by before. Like when you're trying to like take a unique shot, it, all of a sudden those things kind of come to life. It's a very weird, very corny thing, yeah. but it's, it's um, you know, it, it's something cool that we've all got some of the best cameras that have ever existed in history in our pockets every day. So why not, you know, learn to use them a, a little better.
0: For sure, man! Awesome stuff. Well, dude, where could people find you and get a hold of you and see what you're up to?
1: Yeah, so uh, Instagram and and YouTube, Knights of the Apex. That's Knights with a K, uh, and uh, yeah, you'll see uh, the logos, Coda. That's the acronym, and uh, that's that's where I'm most active, and uh, yeah thanks uh thanks for having me on again
0: guys this is great dude pleasure as always and uh you know big supporter of your stuff i love what you're doing and uh i wish you nothing but success for this upcoming season and everybody go go check aj out and uh till next time antler up and that's a wrap for another episode of the antler up podcast thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed it if you like what you heard Go like and subscribe to all of our channels across the, the board, whether it be uh, on the podcast, uh, social media platforms for, as far as YouTube and Instagram, Facebook, you name it. And uh, let us know if there's anything else you want to hear. If you want to come on talk about your successful hunting story this year, please do so. Reach out to us on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Shoot straight, get a deer down, fill that freezer, and have fun while you're doing it. Antler up.